I think the logo is it squishing a pot plant. Welcome to the Ice Garden. Vous écoutez the Ice Garden. Ito ang Ice Garden. Juan ang nido the Ice Garden. This is the Ice Garden. Ice Garden. Atem azanim ladan hakas. Vous écoutez the Ice Garden. This is the Ice Garden. Добро пожаловать в Ice Garden. Bienvenido al jardín. Welcome to the Ice Garden. You're listening to the Ice Garden. This. This. This is the Ice Garden. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Top Shelf, where we keep the hot takes and the hard liquor. I'm Hannah Beavis, here with your co-host, Michelle J, who is currently under approximately two feet of snow. Two feet? Yeah. Give or take a few inches, maybe. I mean, like, we've, Just... gotten, we've gotten snow, but it's, I don't think it's anywhere near as bad as what you're getting. It's super not fun. Well, okay, it's not bad. I mean... I didn't have to go into the office today, which was fine because, like, it's been snowing since I think midnight last night or overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's earlier today, it was like actually blizzarding, not just like snowing. Now it's moved on to just snow, I think. Yeah, it's interesting because, like, we got really wet snow down here. Like, it's almost warm enough where it would be rain instead of snow. But I feel like you're getting more, like, actual, like, blizzard weather. Yeah, our snow is super fluffy and light, um, which is great when you have to shovel, like, almost two feet of it off a car. (laughs) Whoops. Yeah. Fun stuff, fun stuff so fun i love it it's also like like it's march i'm like i thought we were done with this i thought the bad weather was over it's not just march it's the middle of march but i feel like winter started so late for us this is like we yeah this was gonna come because we got off easy in fall still Um, doesn't make it fun well i know i know what are you drinking tonight I am drinking a Nugget Nectar what beer. What the hell is that? It's a beer. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's a local brewery. Nugget maybe. Nectar. That's a great name. I do wish, though, that I liked beer, just because I feel like beers have really cool names. Like, they do. I, I, I enjoy the names. I just can't stand the taste most of the time. Anyways. I feel like we just haven't introduced you to the right kind of beer yet. I, I, you're probably not wrong. Like, I like Blue Moons, but I don't like trying new beers because a lot of the times I'll take a sip and I'm like, ugh, this is disgusting. And then I just wasted a drink. So it's um, like... This summer when Jen comes in, we you should come in too and we'll go to Harpoon where you, we'll do the tour. Okay. And at the tour, you get, like, a tasting glass at the end and, like, a set amount of time to try as many as you can slash well it's as many as you want you probably shouldn't take as it as many a challenge as, you and as many as you can <laughs> but that's what i did last time i was there how many can we try well i feel like that's what i do i'm like you're giving me free reign of as much beer as i can try and a little glass to do it in a time limit like that feels like a challenge like yeah, a, challenge yeah, accepted absolutely i'm just gonna go and like drink it and then and then just kind of weave my way out of the brewery yes but I feel like that would be a good way to find you beers you like. I think, yeah, I think you're right. For sure. But anyway, now that we've just discussed our summer plans with right. 
all of our listeners, what are you drinking? Uh, I went back to my regular, well, I, I'm doing Malibu again, but I, it's Malibu and mostly orange juice and a little bit of cranberry juice, which is usually my go-to summer beverage because it tastes like huh. I'm on a beach. I'm on a boat. I, I have a ton of orange juice that I need to get rid of, which is mostly why I'm drinking this. Like, I have to. Not a bad reason to drink it. I, I know. Orange juice is good. It is very good. But I'm running out of wine. I still got that Duggins left over from the Olympics. Yeah, but... you said that was really gross, didn't you? It was, yeah, it wasn't great. It's gonna take me a while to get through it because I need to like forget how not great it is before I start drinking it, and then I'll remember, and, and then it'll be like another two months. But whatever, you live and you learn. Um, we have a lot to get to in the show, so let's jump into it. If you're listening, you probably heard the news last week uh, that Hillary Knight. Signed with a team that... Not in Boston. Not in Boston. That not, I think, a lot of people expected. Um, so she is with Lake Canadian de Montreal in the CWHL, going back to the C-Dub after playing for two years for the Boston Pride in the NWHL. She played her first game last weekend on Sunday. She was at, I believe, South by Southwest doing a panel on Saturday, so she missed that game, but came back to Montreal on Sunday. She did not get any points in her debut, but Lake Canadian did win, which meant that they secured the regular season title. So they are the number one ranked team going into the playoffs. Um, from what I saw, we had a lot of hockey this weekend. Michelle and I went to a ton of games, and so I was not able to watch. Also because it was on Sportsnet. Like, we tried to watch the game, but we couldn't we get it. We did try to watch it. We couldn't get it in the U.S., which sucks. But, like, there were a lot of highlights floating around where she looked very good. You know, she had a couple chances in front of the net. I think it's just going to be a matter of getting used to her team. But I think a, lo- a lot of people were kind of surprised that she went there and, and uh, I think are kind of like, the sky is falling. Hillary Knight leaving the, C- the NWHL means that, like, <gasps> oh, no, like, they're going to fold because she left. Like, which... might be a little little gut reactionary and like if you do if that was your first gut like that's fine but just take a step back breathe understand that the nwhl is larger than the boston then then hillary knight thank you that was that's her name i could not remember (laughs) it which is pretty fucking sad anyway Uh, yeah i think i mean i was shocked too like I I didn't see it coming. I wasn't I wasn't going to be surprised if none of the US players signed with an NWHL team, which I know I thought maybe I mean Duggan might have come back, a couple players I thought maybe had a, maybe had a shot, maybe Falzer wants to go back and defend her Isabel Cup title, but it ended up being that nobody did. And so I was very surprised when Knight not only decided to come back after winning a gold medal, but decided to go back to the CWHL in Montreal. But like think after the initial like oh my god this what is happening like montreal is not a surprising place for knight to have signed mm-hmm. just and she said that to reporters you know she said she's fallen in love with the city and she knows a lot of the players on that team and and it was also said that you know a couple of years ago she thought about moving to the montreal team and signing there and then the nwhl happened and obviously that's not what happened but i don't think 
and we've talked about this on the podcast too, Michelle. Like, she's not the only player to like switch leagues this year. Mm-mm. She's not. Um, honestly, like the thing that shocked me more was that she came back this year. Mm-hmm. I, not that I was like fully expecting her, but it wasn't some like huge shock to me that she switched and that she went to Montreal because like you said there have been rumors of her looking to go to Montreal for a while Mm -hmm. like I said the more shocking thing was that she didn't just keep going on a victory lap and just be like I like I'm gonna go yeah do me and hang out for a while um but yeah she's not the first person we've seen quote-unquote jump leagues or even leave the end of this year I mean we have Blake Bolden playing in Switzerland Mm-hmm. We have, well, Kelly Stack, Alex Carpenter, <laughs> Megan Bozak, uh, Cheyenne D'Arcangelo. Zoe Hickel is in China. Zoe Hickel. Rachel Alanis. Meg- yeah, that which is a, a ton. I mean, and the China situation is a little different just because of the ambassador um, system they have in place there. But, like, I mean, Bozak playing is is a was a jump and people didn't freak out the same way i mean i get that it's hillary knight and so people are gonna react because she's the biggest name but like megan mickelson just got back from a silver medal for team canada and went to sweden like yeah and sydney morin is probably going to go back to the sdhl like we're starting to see these lines that have kind of been dividing players and leagues based on like what country they play for they're like they're blurring a little americans aren't just sticking in the nwhl canadians aren't just sticking in the cwhl like we're starting to see you know players go to new places because competition is starting to be comparable in my mind and i love that i think that's such a strong thing for women's hockey to be cross-pollinating i guess is the best way to say that yeah um and i think it just proves that the women's hockey game is growing and strengthening, you know, that the only options aren't just the seat of and the end of anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't think the sky is falling uh, the end, on the NWHL. No. I, if anything, like Hillary leaving is not going to be their downfall. The only, the, I would argue that she was only really in Boston because that's kind of where the Olympics training center had been. A lot of the national team players were basing out of Boston for various reasons. Um, and they also had Mark, Mike Boyle, who was their trainer here. And to me, she didn't really have a real reason or like tie to Boston beyond that. She didn't have a great, the Blades don't have a great track record slash relationship slash whatever you want to call it. And so if she was unhappy with the NWHL, it's not like she would go back to the Blades where, no offense, the Blades are kind of treated like second-class citizens, especially compared to Montreal, where excuse me, their city super embraces them. They have a partnership with uh, the NHL team up there. Yeah. It just, it all makes sense if you think about it for a little bit. Yeah, if we're looking at like how organizations are run in the CWHL Montreal is the best org like top to bottom staff Mm -hmm. the relationship with their NHL team like it and and they are in the playoffs so like even if Knight had wanted to stay in Boston the Blades aren't gonna make the postseason so like if she she joined them for like a game that doesn't matter 
No. And I think, you know, the only reason she was in the Pride in the NWHL is because when, when the U.S. players made the jump from the Blades to the Pride, they did so together. It was a unified effort. So she, as a member of that team, went with them. And going back, too, to what you said, like, this isn't going to be the NWHL's downfall. They've survived all year without the Olympians. Yeah. Like, that, this whole season has been without the U.S. Now, if no U.S. players come back next year... That's maybe more of a concern, but I think this year it's not a huge deal because the gold medal happened and they've been on their media tour for so long. Like they're they're taking a victory lap, like you said, they deserve it, and they deserve like all the time off in the world. Um, I would, yeah, I'd be exhausted. I mean, I think we saw some of them on Ellen saying, like they lost their voices. They were traveling. I know that a few of them were probably sick this last weekend. And also, think about it. They had been playing. They pretty much went from the NWHL season last year right into centralization mm. with, and then right into the Olympics. So you're looking at a, almost a full year round of hardcore hockey playing. Man, I'm tired just thinking about that. <laughs> I know. Like, I'd be exhausted. I, I talked to Kayla Barnes. We were at the the pride ribs game this weekend and she said that the team's going to take like a group vacation which like they freaking so, so i know i don't know where they're going but like i think that's something they probably all are gonna need after playing so much hockey this year definitely um question for you okay you said that uh we are talking about national team players coming back do you see anybody retiring who do you see coming hmm. back? Retiring I from wanna know. retiring from hockey in general? Yeah. Just from this Olympic team. Correct. I think Gigi Marvin is like a name that comes to mind. Just because she's one of the older players on that roster. I think she could mm-hmm. probably still play if she wanted to. It's just gonna come down to whether she wants to or not. Mm-hmm. And I think she probably realizes like her time with the U.S. national team is probably coming, like, close to an end, especially with, like, the coaching staff's decision to go younger. Like, if that's how mm-hmm. it continues to be, she probably doesn't have much time left on U.S., if any at all. So she's, I mean, ah, Duggan, Duggan, like, maybe? But, like, I feel like she's such an anomaly. I, well, because it's Megan Duggan, right? Like, she's been the face of the team, and she's just so, like, I, she's like a 50-50 for me. Like, I could totally see her coming back. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if she retired. I think she could coach. Mm. I don't know Well, where... she did coach before. Yeah. Do you remember? She, like, came out of something and started coaching again. Yeah, I could see her being, like, an NCAA coach or, like, if she wanted to do a pro team, maybe in the Boston area, like, or just, like, do her own thing, you know? Yeah. Um I don't know. I don't think Decker retires. I don't think Knight retires. I don't think... Bellamy... Bellamy, maybe. If Bellamy retires, I get very... Sad. Yeah. I get nervous about the blue line, too. But that's that's for down the road. I don't know. She's a 50-52, but I think I'm leaning more towards her maybe trying to play another year. For, I don't know, for what reason. What do you think? <laughs> I think Gigi Marvin retires. Yeah. Or is 
the closest to retiring. Um, same with the Lammers. Though I See, guess I didn't. It's 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 tricky with them because they're with the Whitecaps. Yeah. I, so, so I don't see them like moving to play because it's close to home. Like ah, they're like getting close to the age where they could retire, but they were so damn good in the Olympics. Like, how do you retire when you still got so much talent? You retire going out on top. I know, but the U.S. team would miss them so much. I know. Um, I think one of the two of them said that they were ready to start a family. Mm-hmm. And not that that precludes you from playing hockey, i.e. Carolyn Ouellette. And, but, Ma- and Megan Mickelson. Yeah. But that's a consideration. Um, I see Bellamy retiring from the national team program but playing in the NWHL. I don't know why. I don't think she makes the oh, next... Oh, that's a fun o- noise. I don't think she makes the next Olympics. But I don't think if she's like, oh, I'm going to play for the pride. But, like, if you want me to go to the World Championships or Four Nations, nah. Like, no. Maybe she, I don't know, maybe she gets cut. But I can't see her, like, turning around and being like, I'm done. But I still want to play pro. And make almost nothing. Okay. Did I talk about Duggan yet? I've lost track of who I've talked about. You have not talked about Duggan yet. No. Duggan, I don't think retires either. Night, I think she's gonna play until she literally like <laughs> have to like carry her off the ice. She's like wig. Um, she's just gonna play forever. Yeah, but actually, uh, <laughs> Decker, I don't see retiring. Who else? Who else do I have left? Mm, I think that's all. I feel like those are the main, the main yeah. players. It'll be very interesting to see mm-hmm. in four years where we are. I know people were like kind of paying attention where like what players were doing this year. I'm more interested to see what happens next season, mm-hmm. honestly, after they've had a summer to rest. But then looking at the CWHL playoff picture, so the regular season ended this weekend. Uh, we've got our four playoff teams, which, and it's interesting to me, too, because in the past, there's only been five teams in this league, so there's only been one team to miss the playoffs. And so it's kind of always been like, there's always, in the past few years, been like that one team that everyone knew wasn't going to make it. <clears throat> And so for the past couple of years, it's been the Blades. So it's been like, you know, the regular season like matters, but not really except for playoff position. But this year, with seven teams, it got a little more interesting because Conlon and Banky and Markham and Toronto was in the mix there for a little bit before they kind of fell off. And Calgary was fighting for position. But the four teams that made it were Montreal, which won the division. And then behind them is Conlon in second. Calgary in third, and Markham in fourth, who managed to sneak past uh, Vanka for that fourth spot. So we are going to see Montreal play Markham, and Calgary play Cunland, and Calgary and Cunland are playing at a neutral site in uh, the Markham area. Not Markham's home rink, but they're not going to China. Which makes sense, but like technically... Conlin is supposed to have home ice, so it kind of sucks for them. I just feel like logistically, flying back and forth to China for the games. I mean, not that you'd be like flying; they don't do like a home and home. No. Right? Yeah, you're not going back and forth, but like, I mean, it, it makes sense. Like money wise, yeah, it doesn't make sense, and also just Calgary—they would have had to leave like today 
in order for the players to correctly acclimate to the time change, I feel mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. going into a playoff series. Um, and Conlon's been here since, I think, almost a week ago now. Been in the been in North America um, for almost a week now. So, you know, you, and they've played games here. They've gotten back to being on this schedule. So I think it just equalizes the playing field a little bit, even though Conlon doesn't have home ice. Like, it makes a lot of sense, like you said. Like, yeah. they're not going to pay for flights out there. But, like, if they had been playing Markham, for example, instead of Calgary, and you're playing at a neutral site in Markham, you're basically giving your home ice advantage to the other team, which that's not how it ended up working out. But, you know. I wonder. I wonder if they had multiple places that they mm. could have played this game at, and they picked Markham for some because it was, like, because they could. Maybe, like, maybe they would have played, I don't know, MasterCard Center in Toronto is an option, which is still close, but yeah. not, like, in the city, in Markham. Yeah. That's not, yeah, that's um, maybe a possibility. Who do you think is going to win both series? Ooh. What's our Clarkson Cup final? Well, see, and it's hard to be like, oh, Montreal's going to beat Markham because every single game of their season series went to overtime or a shootout. Really? Yeah. Montreal won every single one of them. But game one, Montreal won 1-0 in OT. Game two, Montreal won 3-2 in OT. Game three, Montreal won 3-2 in a shootout. Game four, Montreal won 5-4 in OT. Game five, Montreal won 2-1 in a shootout. Which is Mm. fascinating. So you can't... It's like so hard to... just pick outright the number one seed. And it is a three-game series. So, like, yeah, I think this one could easily go three games, especially if they've been so close. And here's the thing, too. Like, Montreal got Hillary Knight and uh, Lorianne Rougeau back from the Olympics. Markham got their three Olympians back. Laura Stacy, uh, Fortino, and Jocelyn LaRock. And added Megan Bozak in the middle of the season. And Megan Bozak. Um... And last year I went and looked. Um, so Jess Jones left the team, right, to go to the NWHL, and she led Brampton in scoring last year. Number two in scoring. How many points did she have? She had 37 points. So she led by, like, a ton. But number two was Stacy, who had 24. And then number three was Jamie Lee Rattray, who has been their leader this year mm-hmm. with 21. And then it was Fortino. So, like, you're getting two of your top four scores from last year back. And, like, they've had other players step up in their absence like and perform really yeah. well. So they're getting a significant amount of depth back. And then, like oh, you said, yeah. you add Bozek into the mix. They are a contender. I think they um, might surprise people with how well they play. Yeah. I'm looking at, so the, I'm looking at their stats leaders for the series. <laughs> it's kind of funny. <laughs> they have the leaders in penalty minutes on there for some reason. Uh, you know, Markham, you know. Markham's always, you know, they're they're a chippy a chippy team. That's being guess who leads them in penalty extremely minutes? Extremely generous, Rattray. No. Hmm. Vint. Wait. Nope. She, no, she's in the end. Close. Up. She's in the end. Up, yeah, she's in the end. Up, but uh, on the right track. That should have um, had this be my stump, Hannah. On the right track. Hold on. Give me a sec. Let me pull up their roster. Yeah, that's the thing. Like of all the teams for Montreal to play, like. Cunlin and Calgary might be more skilled, but Markham, I feel like, could frustrate them quite a bit. Player stats. 
Don't look up their player stats, cheater. No, I'm sorry. You're right. I'm pulling up the roster. It's not even Stump Hannah I'm calling you a cheater. <laughs> Skeets? Yeah. <laughs> she just makes me laugh. Uh, I'm. This is my surprised face. Like, literally not surprised at all. I still think Montreal wins that series, though. See? Hmm. Hmm. You wanna, you wanna, you wanna call it an upset, don't you? I can tell. I kind of do. I kind of do. Kind of do. I do. I definitely do. <laughs> I, yeah, I want to. Oh. You think it goes three games? I think it goes to all three, definitely. I'm torn as to who's gonna take the fir- who's gonna take which game to get it to go to three, but I see it going to three for some reason. I think Montreal takes number one. Markham ties it. <clears throat> game three goes to OT. Montreal wins it. What do you think that matchup is like having Hillary Knight playing against Canadian Olympians this year? I'm also playing against Megan Bozek. Well, yeah, that's Which is just going to be hella awkward. Not really, but it's... I, I think that will be... That was an interesting tidbit. Um... I mean, if it wasn't chippy enough already, like, I think we're just gonna... It's gonna get even chippier, and, like... I know. I mean, those teams already don't like each other. I mean, Markham doesn't like anyone, but um, I don't know. I don't know if the Canadians will feel like they have a chip on their shoulders. I feel like they won't. Like, it's a different environment. It's not the Olympics anymore. Like, the Olympics are over. So, like, if they get into it, I feel like it's just going to be normal, like, back and forth. Um, Calgary-Cunlin. That's going to be fun. I want that to go to 3-2. It's... This one's hard because Cunlin doesn't have the depth, you know, mm-hmm. that Calgary does. And so, and that was something that I talked to Digit Murphy because we went to the China game uh, this weekend. They played each other, Cunlin and Vanka, in Boston, or, well, Marl, Marlboro. Not really Boston. Not really Boston. Massachusetts. And Digit was concerned about the depth because, like, they're basically, when they've been playing, like, teams like Montreal and Calgary, they've basically been rolling, like, two lines. I think for, um, for Cumlin to win this, they need to lock it down in three, or in two. Nora Ratu has to be, like, insane. If this goes to three games, I think Markham will take it. Uh, not Markham. Wow. Calgary <laughs> will take it. They're playing in Markham. They're not playing Markham. Right. Uh, I think if it goes to three, Calgary would take it. I think it also, uh, it helps that Calgary brought back two of their Olympians mm-hmm. uh, with Brianne Jenner and Blair Turnbull came back to them. Jenner is a big boost for them because she's their captain too. And like, she, I feel like she, we don't talk about her a ton, like just because Canada's so stacked, but like she is an excellent player. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's really fair to say that if Cunlin wants to win this, they have to do it before they get tired. Like, and it's th- it's three games in three days. So if it goes to three and you're relying really heavily on your North American players, which they are going to have to do if they want to yeah. win, like, they're going to be exhausted. I was surprised at the sun. We went to that Sunday night Vonky versus Cunlin game, and I was a little surprised to see how much the Americans were playing. Going into playoff weekend. Yeah. Um, I was surprised they weren't resting 
And maybe they do play more than we saw. But it was just interesting. I think Because they, they really do only roll, like, two and a half lines, I think. And, like, their power play units were, like, all import players. Like, they weren't... And, like... And the one, the game that we saw on Sunday did not matter. Like, it literally, mm-hmm. at that point, the standings were already set. The Markham and Boston game was over. Like, but it, it hadn't even mattered anyways. Like, this the series was set. And so, I kind of had a similar thought in that you might want to maybe play a more balanced lineup. But I guess, you know, if you want to get ready for the playoffs, you've got to give your players regular ice time that you're going to play. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that game at all? It was kind of cool. It was very cool. You tweeted something out. You tweeted out a couple photos today that of the, the all-Chinese starting lineups, which was very cool. Yeah. It was the first time all season that both teams had played an all-Chinese starting lineup, which was cool. That was fun to see. Mm-hmm. It's kind of surprising that they haven't done that until now um, or that they didn't do it in china like do, maybe the first game do we know for sure they've never done that before oh yeah kunlin retweeted someone tweeting about it hmm. well i guess maybe they didn't they didn't say it was the first time i don't know anyway it was just cool to see mm-hmm. i would love to see a montreal kunlin final mm. but, but i think we see a rematch i think it's montreal calgary yeah it would be cool though I would love it. I just love, <sighs> like, I'm like I'm going to Clarkson, so like I want to see like Nora Ratu and Kelly Stack and Digit Murphy and like Poulin and Knight and like, oh my god, that would just be a freaking incredible showdown. I do kind of want Montreal to win the whole thing just because I want a uh, live Chu Willette to be in the in the Clarkson Cup. I want a photo of her with her mom's just like sitting her in the Clarkson cup in the middle of the ice. Like how freaking adorable. Mm. What? I don't know. What? I mean, I don't know if I want them to win or not. Is that weird? No. Who do you want to win? I don't know. I guess I don't know who I want to win, but when you said you want them to win, I was like, eh. Hmm. I, I mainly want them to win because I want to see live in the cup. That's like my main, that's my driving reason behind wanting them to win from like a a storyline perspective i want Cunlin to win because i think that would be bonkers like it'd be like batshit crazy if Cunlin came in and won it'd be wild i don't know how i'd feel about it here's the thing though if they get out of that series against calgary clarkson's a one game winner take all so, yeah. like, they have a chance if they make it past that first round. But they gotta oh, yeah. get past the first round. Should we move on to something else? Sure. Uh, let's talk about the NCAA, because you and I were both at Boston College OSU this weekend. And we can also kind of, like... God, we went so many places. This we, weekend, we, we went to three games in two days, which was... I was exhausted by yeah. the end of it. We contemplated trying to do four, and then, which is kind of, like, unspoken on Sunday. We were like, no, it's not happening. I think we barely had moved by the time the game had started. <laughs> um, or, like, I think I was playing video games, and you walked out, and I was like, this is, this, no. This is not happening. <laughs> this um, can't happen. Um, 
So we were at Boston College OSU, which was like the biggest upset of of the weekend in terms of like actual <sighs> result. I don't think I didn't expect OSU to win. I it's the, it was their, I. it was their first time in the NCAA tournament. Boston College had like kind of like I mean they'd struggled they struggled in the bean pot and they had to go to OT. They got upset in the Hockey East tournament, but like they were still the favorites going in. And I we talked about them maybe having a chip on their shoulder in this game and like, you know, playing with something to prove, but like they just looked dead. Like they didn't look good. I would say they beat themselves. Mm-hmm. They just looked so bad. It was such a sloppy game on their end. Um at least until the third period when Cassidy Suave made something like 20-plus saves in one period, which is not so. It didn't look like the BC... It kind of looked like the BC I'd seen at the Bean Pot, mm-hmm. where it's not even, like, overconfident, but they just couldn't get anything going, at least until the third period. Yeah, they didn't really wake up until that third period, but, like... That, yeah, their passes weren't connecting. They couldn't get set up. OSU was doing a really good job of, like, shutting them down defensively. Mm-hmm. Like, OSU was out shooting them through two periods. Like, and I think they still finished the game out shooting them, not by the margin that they were, but, like, in the second period, they were out shooting them two to one. Like, yeah. that should not, if you're Boston College, that should not be happening. I don't know how many shots BC, like, missed, missed the net or was blocked or whatever. But, although I will say, too, OSU's power play was stellar. And so yes. that's, that's where I think they got a lot of those shots also. Um, um, did you know that, so Katie Burt made 39 saves. Mm-hmm. Did you know that was the second highest save total of her career? No. I guess yeah. OSU? Yeah. She wow. made 39 saves. Her last game <sighs> of her collegiate career. Uh-huh. You took a photo of her leaving the ice, and like she was the last player to leave the ice, and it was just like oh, not God. even the last player, the last person. Her coaches went off before her too. She did not speak to media afterwards, and like I wish I could have talked to her, but like I can't imagine how she's de- not even twenty one. I can't imagine how devastated she must have felt. Katie, she entered BC at seventeen, oh my God. played the first three and a half months of college at seventeen. So, 18, 19, 20, 21. Yeah, she she is 21, but, like, barely so. She was born in 97. Damn. Like, I mean, credit to OSU where it's due. They played really well. And, like... They did. They they talked a lot about, like, you know, because they've gone through so many coaching changes, like the senior group, especially. And so... I don't know. They gotta play Clarkson now. Which, like, That's a tough draw. Yeah, although, freaking Clarkson got taken to OT by Mercyhurst. Like, yeah. Oh my god. I don't understand how that happens. Yeah, this weekend was kind of crazy in women's hockey. Especially I, in the NCAA. Yeah, I really thought for a while that Mercyhurst was going to win. Which, like... It would have been, like, the craziest upset ever, but then if they had to go and play OSU and OSU wins and goes to the final, which they should have, like, I feel like a lot of people then would discredit what OSU had been able to do because they'd be like, oh, well, they just had to beat Mercyhurst. Like, it's not a big deal. Whereas now they yeah. like, now they have to go face, like, the defending champs in Clarkson. 
I'll be very interested. Very interested to see what happens. I want to look up that game because I want to see how many saves the goalies had to make. Okay. Final shot count? Because they went to overtime. Clarkson had 32 shots. Mercyhurst had 28. Damn. They skated with them. Like, yeah. Which to me, I still think Clarkson's going to beat OSU, but like, if Clarkson played like that against Mercyhurst, I mean, that's what OSU did against BC. Like, BC beat themselves, and OSU was there to take advantage of it. Like, if Clarkson comes out the same way they did, mm-hmm. OSU could do the same thing. They really did. It'll be interesting to see how Clarkson plays as opposed to how OSU plays, I think. I was very impressed with OSU. I wish we got to see them more out here. I do, too. This was the first time they played BC ever. Yeah. So that was... So Clarkson beat Mercyhurst in OT. Uh, OSU beat BC. Wisconsin beat Minnesota, which, like... Okay, like... I know I picked Minnesota last week, but I would have liked to see them upset. But Wisconsin, excuse me, Wisconsin is good. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Abby Rock, let's talk about this. Set a scoring record for fastest two goals in, I believe it's playoff history in the NCAA, in like Frozen Four history. Um, she scored two goals 16 seconds apart. And like, it's not, the record that she set wasn't even like the only player to score two goals. Like, however long apart it was like any the the amount of time any two goals have been scored like so the re- ridiculous so like the record book was mostly like two different players scoring two different goals like 20 seconds or like 35 seconds apart or whatever and she was just like nope doing it myself and scored twice in 16 seconds not fam i got this <laughs> oh i think i saw that tweet about who she was who that record book looked like and it, it was it was yeah let me let me try and find it because it's like it's like um just like superstars like, on it. Jennifer Botterelli and Julie Chu were Botter- on it together. Botterell. Botterell. Let me try and find this. At the top of the world. That would have been. I think Kevin tweeted it or retweeted it. I retweeted somebody. Oh, wait, I found it. Okay. Oh wow, this list is really interesting. Yeah, so the record that she broke for two the two okay. fastest goals. Okay, so I found the list of fastest consecutive goals and fastest consecutive goals by the same person. Okay. Does that make sense? Did I phrase that right? Yeah. By the same player? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so the fastest consecutive goals just period. She set the record set on March tenth, two thousand and twelve. Uh, St. Lawrence was playing Boston College, and Carol Emard and Michelle Ng scored 20 seconds apart. Uh, previous to that, at 23, oh, there's two people at 23 seconds. Um, oh, in this, oh, nope, not in the same game. That would have been uh, wild. Oh, man. Right? It, they were two days apart, though, and both Harvard. Oh, my so God. They were, they were two Harvard goals. Uh, on March 21st, 2003, Julie Chu and Lauren McAuliffe uh, went 23 seconds apart. 2003? In 2003, two days later in 2003, <coughs> um, this game went to double overtime. Mm. Jennifer 
Botterill. Botterill. And yeah. Botterill. And Lauren McAuliffe also scored 23 seconds apart. Yeah. Uh, in 2013, all of these happened in March. <laughs> well, I think I it's... I think I'm it's, looking at a list of just... I believe it's a playoff record. Oh, okay. Um, which would make sense now that I'm looking at this list. <laughs> in 2013, Sarah Lafort and Louise Warren from BU scored 26 seconds apart. Oh, this is one a lot of people will recognize. March of 2016, Danny Cameronese and Amanda Kessel scored 26 seconds apart. Hey, ironic that that's, those are two Minnesotan players, and this was a Wisconsin player who... No. Uh, okay, so this is the fastest consecutive goals by same player in an NCAA tournament. She, like, blows this record out of the water by... Like, almost a full minute. Holy shit. Really? In 2017, so last year. Oh, wow. Almost the day. 364 days prior. Because it was March 11th, and she scored them on March 10th. Lauren Gable at Clarkson ah. scored goals a hundred, uh, not a hundred, one minute and 11 seconds apart. And she is now one of the top three Patty Kaz nominees. She is. Uh, previous to that, in 05, Natalie Darwitz mm. with one minute and 59 seconds. God, that's like elite. Um, oh, in 2017. Oh, it just gets better. <laughs> in 2017, also, uh, also Clarkson player Kayla Mercer scored back-to-back goals with two minutes and 20 seconds Kaylee between Mercer. them. Also a Patty Kaz finalist, now playing in Vanky, the CWHL. And, oh, this is, okay, two different games, but on the same exact day. Mm. On March 14th, 2009, both Hillary Knight and Gigi Marvin were playing in the NCAA tournament. Uh, Gigi was playing on Minnesota against Boston College, and she scored back-to-back goals with two minutes and 29 seconds apart and hillary knight with wisconsin was playing dartmouth she scored two minutes and 37 seconds apart i'd like to thank todd Miles. mill todd i can't help you i can't see <laughs> i know i'm trying to sound it out todd meluski i got it todd hey. meluski on twitter for that one um, he's apparently a Wisconsin State Journal sports reporter, a USCHO executive editor, and once defeated future NFL player in oh, once he defeated a future NFL player in badminton. <laughs> Thanks, Todd. Yeah. Um, great job. Um, and then last game for the Frozen Four was Colgate Northeastern, which I think kind of played out more how we expected. It was a very close game. Um. North Colgate ended up winning three to one, but one of those goals was an empty net. I believe they were tied going into the third period, and then like two minutes in, a Colgate player scored, and then they advanced. Which like that's a big deal. I don't think Colgate has ever gotten to the Frozen Four either, or if they have, it's been a while. Front of the podcast, Krista Petronic is the director of women's hockey ops for Colgate. Um, Why did you say it like a question? Because I wasn't sure if that's her job title. Oh, I think it is. 
Raiders set to make Frozen 4 debut in Minneapolis. Yep, so they've never made it to the tournament either. So, like, I mean, hypothetically, if, like, women's hockey just continues to be ridiculous, we could have two teams who have never played in a Frozen 4 ever before in a final. If Which is super fun. If OSU can beat Clarkson, if Colgate can beat Wisconsin, which, like... It's a pretty big fucking if. It's a, yeah, it's a big stretch, but, like, I would love just... I just, I love chaos. I love the underdogs. So that would be wild. I do think, realistically, we probably see a repeat, though. I think we see Wisconsin yeah. and Clarkson again. Although I don't know who I picked to win. You know how last week I was like, oh, I don't really like the Wisconsin-Minnesota quarterfinal <laughs> matchup? I like it now because it gives us this possibility of... Like a rematch? A two, a two unknown... I mean, it gives it a very, very, very long shot of it. But, like, we could see two teams, and, like, that's kind of awesome for the growth of women's hockey. And, and this is an Olympic year, too, so I think we see the parity a little bit more because, you know, like, a lot of these top teams lose Olympians to centralization. So it's and, – and this year, too, has just been a little wild in general. Yeah. But, like, it's – the Frozen Four is going to be a fun matchup because because fun of time. OSU and because of Colgate. Like, it'll be interesting to watch. Um, let's try and quickly do some NWHL uh, playoff stuff, and then we'll jump into Let's Dump Hannah and Mailbag and Star Bench Cut. Oh, shoot. I know. Um, so the NWHL regular season also ended this year, this, this weekend. Week. This weekend. Um. And the games were kind of meaningless. Like, we already knew who was going to play who. Um, the Metropolitan Riveters are going to play the Connecticut Whale in New Jersey. And the Pride are going to play Buffalo in Buffalo. Um, Mie Dench came back for the Riveters, which is huge for them. Also, freaking Madison Packer got the first hat trick of the season. Which is crazy to think that that just happened. I know. I'm like, wasn't there another hat trick? That feels like there should have been another hat trick before this. I know. But, you know, whatever. Um, I don't think we see any upsets. I feel pretty confident in picking a Rivs buttes final. Really? Yeah. Especially with Mie back for the Rivs. Well, I wasn't really in the Mie part of it. <laughs> Or the the Riveters part, right? Not the you think you think the Pride are gonna upset the Buttes? I wouldn't even I wouldn't say that's an upset though. Michelle, Hannah, Michelle, Hannah. I know I know that you like the Pride, but the Buttes have been the consistently better team all year. That's true. They are the only team to beat the Riveters all season. And, like, they're they're pretty far ahead of them in the standings, too. Like, I'd say that if the Pride beat the Buttes, it would be less of an upset of if the Whale beat the Rivs. But, like... If the Whale beat the Rivs, I would... Gonna, I would... I'd be bonkers. I'll lose, I'll lose my damn mind. Bonkers. But I think... I don't... I mean... I, I think the Buttes are, like, pretty easily the favorite in this one. See, I wouldn't. I struggle to say that. Is this is this your pride no. bias? Are you sure? No, 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 no. Yes, it is. Not 
(laughs) (laughs) It is not. Wait, no. It is not. Um, I just think they've been playing pretty well lately. And, like, that game against the Riveters doesn't show it. But they never play well against the Riveters. But I wouldn't say, like... Here's here's what it comes down to me. Brittany Ott versus Amanda Levier. I pick Levier every time. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. the offense and defense are a little bit more comparable, but like, and I also think like this Pride team has one is one that's been frustrated a lot this year, and like it it tends to like play itself into a corner. And the Buttes are a team that are excellent at getting teams off their game. And this is, it's just a one-game thing, right? It's not a series. Yeah, it's a one-and-done. So, like, okay, maybe then the Pride have a chance to, like, overturn them, but I really think if the Buttes come and play the way they've been playing all year, it's Buffalo. I can see that. I don't know. I just wouldn't call them Buffalo beating Boston an upset. Last year it was an upset, but um, I don't know if I would agree where this year it was. No, no. Buffalo beating Boston's not an upset. An upset if Boston beats Buffalo. Is that what you meant? No, I, I don't think either would be necessarily an upset. Okay. I think that's part of the reason why I'm struggling to figure out if I'm going to Buffalo or not. Because you want to see... I mean, it's got to be a good game. I know. You're going to have to make the like decision if, pretty quick. <laughs> I, I'm aware. <laughs> I'm aware. I spend most of my time thinking about it. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to add about the end of, or should we go to Let's Stump Hannah? No, I think we can go to Let's Stump Hannah. All right. Let's Stump We're just going to do one question this week because we want to get Shit, to... I forgot to pull it up. Because we have a mailbag that we want to get to and we want to do Start Bench Cut again. Um, I don't know. I had a couple this week. I got to look at which ones I'm I want to... I'm so fucking mad people sent you some. Okay. No. This is like the first week in weeks that I've gotten any... I forgot to tweet one out. Okay. I got my question. Okay. Can you ask me yours and I'll find mine? Yeah. Uh, so this question is from, I don't know. Do I say who it's from or no? Do we usually say who it's from? You can. You can if you want. I feel like you'll know when I ask it who this is from. It's pretty evident. This question asks, how many former Buffalo Buttes played for a different NWHL or CWHL team this season? So... Players who were on the Buttes for either season one or season two who left the team this year. Did Eric ask you that? Maybe. He definitely gave me that question, too. He said he he said he tweeted it a couple weeks ago. I know. That's why I thought about it. That's why I remember. But do you know the answer? No. Not my head. <laughs> How many former Buttes play on other teams? Yes. Boza. Does it, do the, the one, the Olympians that left count? Uh, yes. Bozak, Falzer, Duggan, Vint, well, Josh, nope. Well, I think the Olympians who left who then came back and are playing for other teams. So, like, not Duggan? Well, Duggan went to Boston, so she would count. Okay. Oh, this is overall, not just this year? Yeah. Yeah. Seasons okay. one and two. And three? Oh, wait. 
No. Duh, that was a dumb question. Sorry. <laughs> okay, so Falzer? That she counts, right? Uh no. No, okay. Duggan, Bozek. Took me that long to remember her name. <laughs> Jess Jones, the other one who we talked about earlier, whose profile picture on Twitter is a picture that I took. It's not it's not players who have joined the Buttes, it's players who have left. Oh wait, so Jess Jones doesn't count then. Wait, right. okay, so I'm back at three. So it's just people that have left the Buttes. Right. Really, really, really tough. Thank you, Eric. Harrington. And um, Harrison. One, two, three, four, five. I'm writing these down because it's been a long time. Work through this in my head. All right, I'm just going to stop. I'll give you a hint and that it's probably more than you think. I know it is. That's why I think five is wrong. Eleven. Ten. Nine. 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 What's nine. your What's your final answer? Nine. Nine. You You said the correct answer and then you changed it. Eleven. Ten. Yeah. Nine. Eleven. 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 Damn it. You said eleven and I was like, no. And then you were like, ten. Nine. And I was like, ah. Eleven seemed high. Eleven is right. Um, Who is it? There's, well, I don't know who's who, but there's one on Boston, so I think that's Duggan. Two on the Metropolitan Riveters, so Brownie and I don't know who the other one is. Two on Toronto, three on Markham, uh, one in Cunlin and one in Vanke. No, three in Metropolitan, sorry. Three on the Rivs. That was very hard. Yes, it was. Thank you. I got five of the 11. (laughs) That's probably more than I could have gotten. Oh, that was hard. Oh, my God. My brain hurts. I feel like I've just exhausted, like, all of the mental capacity that I could have possibly had for tonight. You have a question? I do. I do. I do. I found one. I have one. Um, Remember when you are going to keep track of how many times we've gotten these questions right? Yeah, that failed, like, after the first episode. Who are the stat leaders on Conlin? have the most shorthanded goals is there more than one yes there's two it's like tied they're tied tied for the lead um kelly stack and zoe hickle nope did i get one stephanie of them? anderson and zoe hickle you did get one i'll give you 50 percent of that point also known as half i remember seeing stack and hickle out on the penalty kill on sunday which is why i went with them Hickle was a good guess, because she was one of them. Hickle? I will say this. Going back to, like, the game that we watched, Zoe Hickle really impressed me. Yeah. And and I have been kind of hard on her in the past, but I wonder if this is kind of like a Corinne Bowie situation, where, like, they were on the Pride when the Pride were stacked with U.S. national mm-hmm. team players. And so when they get a chance to play on a team that doesn't have a shitload of Olympians on them, they have, like, really shown. And I think Hickle has especially done that i mean you you could argue that playing on a line with kelly stack helps but like hickle looked good like she Mm -hmm. was excellent she did she did look really good Mm -hmm. um i also forgot how much i liked watching rachel lalane's play yeah oh man she's so fast Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know who this is good this is gonna sound so bad you know who didn't really impress me was alex carpenter (laughs) yeah 
which like she seemed to just kind of be like rolling around i don't know yeah it seemed like she was like she was missing a couple passes and i don't know i was trying yeah. to pay attention i don't know and like i don't know if I've, I've got that in my mind because i'm like oh like that's what i expect to see out of her because she got cut but like she didn't look like watching like hickle and stack and um oh who else did really well number 67 on vacky had a, an interesting game carpenter just didn't look all yeah. there and like maybe because the game didn't matter but i'm gonna be interested to see how she does in the playoff round um let's go to mailbag we answered a couple we got a couple on hillary knight um, which we kind of talked about but we did get one got one from alexa at lexi d29 do you think Montreal will be back-to-back Clarkson Cup champs? Which we kind of talked about. I think yes. Oh, yeah. We did talk about that. Yeah. Um, we talked about Niter, but what we didn't say... Well, I don't know. We kind of talked about this, too. Is Hillary Knight here to stay in Montreal? Or is she just here for the end of the playoffs? I think we see her in a Montreal uniform next year. Same. Un- unless she goes to China. See, I don't think she goes to China. It would not shock me if she did. I think it's going to depend on how much money she wants to make. Because hmm. I talked to Kelly Stack on, in China, too, and she said that the the sports ambassador contracts that she's on is a one-year thing. So it is going to be possible for new players to be in that in, on those China teams next year. And I would not be shocked if they were Olympians. And Hillary Knight, if I'm, like looking for new players is one of the first people I go to. Oh yeah, it definitely makes sense to go to her. I just I don't know why I just don't see her going to China. I don't... Have we talked about this before? Well, I feel like we mentioned it. I just we Hillary Knight going to China has definitely been brought up. I do think that she likes Montreal though. So like location is going to be a factor. Yeah. I just, I don't see her going to China. I don't know why. We'll see. I think she, I think she stays in the C-Dub. Whether she stays, in, she Montreal stays in Montreal or she goes to China, I think she stays in the C-Dub, which I think people are going to have a field day with, but whatever. Yo, she's a human. Yeah. She just happens to be really good at playing hockey. She's going, she's going the places that are best for her. It's not necessarily an indicator of one league or the other is better. And I think... She's always kind of been, I'm going to do what's best for me. Yeah. Which, like, isn't a bad thing. Like, you do you. Like, at some point, you kind of have to start considering yourself, especially as the, like, kind of that core group of national team players that we've talked about before, the ones that went from the Blades to the NWHL. They kind of stuck together. But at some point, you just kind of have to start doing what's best for you, Um, especially as they're getting older and the common group may not have the same common needs or thoughts or wants or desires out of their lives. We also got a question from Eric Wolschlager. Uh, if we could pair a drink with the playoff matchups, what drink should we pair for each playoff matchup? I don't think we're going to have time to go through like every, because every playoff, like C-Dub, N-Dub, NCAA, but... Maybe let's pick one, one playoff matchup and one drink, or two if we if we're feeling it. What if we each pick one? 
Okay. Okay. Montreal Markham series is like a rum and coke or a whiskey ginger situation. Mm. Something that will like isn't super heavy like straight whiskey or straight rum but will also like get you through those heart-stopping moments. <laughs> Cuz I feel like that's going to be a good season, a good series. This I found one um, cuz I googled drink recipes. I found one called the Painkiller, which is a twist on the Pina Colada. It's coconut cream, orange juice, and pineapple juice with rum, hmm. which basically sounds a little bit like what I'm drinking right now. Um I feel like that's a good one for the ribs whale uh, matchup, specifically for whale fans, because I have a feeling that that game might get out of hand kind of quickly, and they might want some a painkiller to drink away their sorrows. Sorry. Sorry, whale fans, if you're listening to this. I just really think the ribs are going to blow them out of the water, especially with yeah. Mie back. It's going to be a rough afternoon. It's, yeah. Well, I mean, maybe they surprise us. I don't know. I just, I, you know, I feel like the Braves offense has been good all year, and I don't think that's going to stop this weekend. Mm-mm. And we wanted to do start bench cut. This is one from Andrew from last week that we didn't get to. Start bench cut, Bozek, Steckline, Flanagan. Bozek, Steckline, Flanagan. Please start Bozek. I don't know. You were like the leader of the why did you cut Megan Bozak clan. I know, but Lee Stecklin had a good Olympics. So I'm having a hard time deciding. That's I, why I say you bench her and cut Callie. I think, well, I think you cut Callie for sure. I'm trying, I'm just sorry, going Callie. back. Yeah, sorry, Callie. If you're listening. Yeah, I. Which you're probably not. I feel like I need to start Callie because. I got to hold her gold medal over the weekend, which was, like, a highlight of my life. But, yeah, I definitely cut Callie, but, yeah, no, I start Bozak and bench Deckline. Is that what you do? Yeah. Sorry, I was so tired today, despite not doing anything. But <sighs> I feel like that's when you I get like most we're both tired. Yeah, we're both, so like... low energy. <laughs> Maybe we just need to end it. I think, I think we need to nap. This weekend was rough. I think I think it's time for us to wrap up. Thank you for listening. Um, Thank you for listening to us both be kind of apathetic about women's hockey. Just kind of yawn. Nah, we got into it a little bit. It's just, you know, I'm sure next We're weekend. very tired. Yeah. Um, thank you for listening. If you're not uh, aware already, we have a Patreon for the Ice Garden Podcast Network. It is us and then the Founding Four Podcast with Erica Ayala and Mike Murphy, which covers the NWHL. Um, thank you if you are a patron already. We recently recorded a couple uh, live episodes, crossover episodes, that we are going to post uh, in sometime in the near future for patrons only. Uh, I think we had some really good conversation on it. I had a ball. We kind of talked about broader topics in women's hockey, and I think if you are a women's hockey fan, you're going to want to listen to these podcasts. So if you're not already... Uh, we are on Patreon under the Ice Garden Podcast Network. Um, if you want to tweet us your mailbag questions, use the hashtag Top Shelf Mailbag and tweet them at Michelle or I, or just use the hashtag and we'll find it on Twitter. Um, 
If you're listening to the show, tweet us at Top Shelfie using the hashtag Top Shelfie because we want to see you listening. Uh, we have stickers now. Mike Murphy uh, recently made some the Ice Garden Podcast Network stickers, which we will probably start giving out as prizes. We're, we're trying to figure out the details on that. Um, we're on all your podcast apps now. iTunes, Stitcher, Podcast Addict. Uh, we're, we're working on getting on Podbean, which somebody tweeted us. If you use a podcast app that we're not on, uh, let us know, and we will work on getting the podcast on that app. Uh, and please rate, review, subscribe. Um, tell your friend about the podcast. Um, we would re- really appreciate it. Uh, I think that's it. You have any, any parting words you want to leave our listeners with, Michelle? No. I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm ready to go eat an enchilada. That sounds amazing. Not that I don't love you and love our podcast and love our listeners, but all I can think about now are enchiladas. You just love the enchiladas more. Going to bed. We get it. It's fine. It's fine. We're just, it's just, it's okay. You know. I know. Okay. Oh, I really like enchiladas. (laughs) We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. So I'm trying to find it on my... Yeah, but your Twitter's such a mess. Ex- How do you find it? <laughs> You're just dragging me. I meant in that you tweet a lot. That's, you know, that's fair.